Hey everyone, and welcome back to the First Church Williamsport podcast. I'm Mitch, and each week, Pastor Janet and myself take some time to talk more in depth about the message from the previous Sunday. We ask some tough questions, and we set aside time to focus on God during the week. Now, this week, we are talking a lot about belief versus action, and I think it's a good one. Thanks for joining us. and welcome back to week six of Exploring a Masterpiece, our podcast series here at First Church Williamsport. And before we get going, uh, once again, Janet, would you open with scripture from this past Sunday? Yeah. So this past Sunday, we were in Romans chapter 12, and I'm going to share with you the first eight verses. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. That's good. There's a a lot of wonderful things in there. And referencing back to the sermon from Sunday, Matt talks about this uh, distinction between belief and action and has a lot of thoughts about that. And I actually found it find it interesting that the verse before references this is your your true uh, you know proper proper worship is to be sacrificial, right? Yeah, which is I hopefully we'll get there during this conversation. Uh, but before we do that, I, I would love to hear kind of your some of your initial thoughts, this belief versus doing or thinking versus doing, belief versus action, whatever language that is most helpful for us to think about in our faith journey. Why is that in particular so uh, paramount in this conversation of transformation? Because yeah. Matt talks about how this is really how we encounter transformation when there's the this these two tension points that that he he lifts up that we recognize we value we live into both right yeah so these verses may be familiar to folks who have been around first church a while because those first couple of verses in Romans chapter twelve are the verses upon which our vision statement is based and you know seeking Christ. Uh, transformation in Christ everywhere is based on this passage in Romans chapter 12. To kind of take a step back and look more at the 30,000 foot view of Romans, we've gone through now 11 chapters and there's been a whole lot of theology in those first 11 chapters. And what we have 
uh, seen in that is is that's the belief part. Mm. That's what Paul has laid out for us. And now we're turning a corner here, and Paul is laying out the action part. This is how you put those beliefs into action. And in this first section, it's it's saying, well, different ones of us have different roles, you know, the different spiritual gifts. And so that we're seeing him value both mm. the belief as well as the action, and he's just unpacking them in different places. Mm. Well, one of the challenges that Matt gave us was to consider which one of these two uh, we have more inclination towards. Do we have more of an inclination towards thinking or do we have more of an inclination towards doing? Uh, And so I'd be curious if you'd be willing to answer that question for yourself. Yeah, I really found that challenging, like to be very honest, um, to kind of self-evaluate for me, like right now in this particular time of my life, which do I do more? Because I wasn't quite sure, um, like if I'm praying, am I believing or am I acting? Mm -hmm. I don't know. Um, and so I think probably because I tend to be a reflective person that probably I have more of a tendency to shift toward the believing than the acting. Hmm. Um, but I also kind of want to offer a little bit of a pushback that sometimes our, uh, believing kind of almost m- kind of oozes into action, mm. uh, you know? Well, so ideally... Right. But uh, but does it always. Right. And so. Right. It doesn't always. Yeah. 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 So I would say for myself, I probably have to push myself more toward action, you know, not overthinking, getting things too perfectly straight in my brain before I take action. Mm -hmm. That's probably my tendency. What would you say about that? (laughs) I think that I think. (laughs) Or do I believe uh, the? Uh, I I think that I have more of an inclination towards probably doing. I don't know. I, it's it, like you said. It's very hard. Maybe the best way to answer this is to have ask other people. <laughs> perhaps Maybe. right. The 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 I I have a natural inclination towards putting things into practice. I do know that that if I'm in a class if if it's a 5 week training by the 3rd week I'm ready to start getting out there and doing it. Uh, I really enjoy the learning aspect of it. Uh, but you know I really like to put put things into action. However, I would say that earlier on when I first came to 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 Christ when I gave my life to to God I spent a lot of time thinking and thinking and th- and having conversations about right thinking and and perhaps perfect like what was the perfect way for me to line these things up in my head and what does that look like and what does that mean and I think that I think that part of my 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 faith walk was valuable but just as I said I got to a point where I said well I'm not seeing this actually making me more generous in my day-to-day life. I'm not forgiving any better. I'm not becoming more patient. I can tell everyone these are the things that I'm supposed to do, but I'm not it's yeah. like it's like I was it's almost as if I was watching workout videos 
and learning all the best workout techniques and never going to the gym. So I, I do, as hard as it is to d distinguish sometimes between the two, I do recognize we all kind of can get off kilter. And you've kind of seen that in some of the work that you've done, right? About how there are some ways in which our thinking and there's some ways of thinking that help us to get back into that tension. Yeah, so I suggested we talk about one of my favorite topics a little bit about this thing called design thinking. So. So design thinking is an innovation process, and I had the opportunity to do my graduate work in creativity and innovation. And through that, one of the things I learned about were creative processes or creative problem-solving processes. And one in particular is this thing called design thinking. And one of the, one of the unique aspects of design thinking is that it starts in, with empathy. So you learn about a challenge or you come across a challenge or a problem or an opportunity and what the process challenges you to do is to start with empathy, to learn about uh, whatever the need is or the problem, whoever that's impacting, who they would call the end user, whoever the end user is, that we need to embody their experience. We need to feel what they feel, see what they see uh, uh, and walk in their shoes in order for us to understand really what's going on. And that's that's unique to, to design thinking. There are other creative problem-solving processes that aren't rooted in empathy. And I would even go as far to say Jesus is was, was the first design thinker. That God could have said, you know, uh, good luck, uh, you have a problem, uh, and, and that's on you to solve. Uh, it, but that's not what God did. God said, I'm going to incarnate through Jesus Christ. I'm going to walk in your shoes. I'm going to feel what you feel, right? Uh, and see what you see, right? Yeah. And so that starting of like that process is, is particularly important, I think, especially from a Christian perspective. And so if there's anything else, I would encourage us to start there. But back to our conversation about this movement of believing uh, or thinking and doing is that what that allows us to do is think about these things and then through that be able to define. After you define, you start coming up with ideas. And then, then once you have all these ideas, you start to prototype and then you turn it into action with testing and implementation. So if you're listening to this and you don't know about design thinking, I highly recommend checking some of it out or just talk to me sometime about it. I'd love to geek out about it. But what I uh, pertinent to this conversation is that it offers us a, a process or a mindset to go all the way through thinking uh, to action. Mm. And that's something that is rare in this world. I've had the opportunity to work with churches and church leaders and businesses and business owners. And oftentimes, a good brainstorm session is where ideas go to die mm. <laughs> because we don't do anything with it. Right. Right. And so we can think about what the what the right thing is, like, wh what what should Christians do? What should I do in this moment? But how often do we actually take these things uh, that we've been thinking about or talking about doing and then make that next step into turning that into reality. So I mean, totally putting you on the spot. Oh, sure. And we didn't talk about this mm -hmm. before, but I'm just curious yeah. what that might look like in an individual's life. Like, is there a situation or 
a problem or a need that you could kind of explain how someone who is really caught in being way on the spectrum toward believing and thinking, thinking. Mm-hmm. how they can move, use design thinking to move toward action. Absolutely. Well, one of the beautiful things about it is that it honors thinking. It honors both, honestly. I mean, the language they use is, or that is used in it is convergent and divergent thinking, and we won't go into super detail about that. However, when I worked with individuals and want them through this, the very technical individuals will say, this is, I love this process because it honors my technical brain, my mm-hmm. something in, in, uh, in that doesn't just ignore and, and push us past that too quickly. And so, however, at the same time, that's towards the beginning of the process. And after it would say, well, how do we actually start putting these things to action? So this is this is one thing that I think that would help individuals do is that it says prototype. Now, I'm, I'm going to go to the church level and I will try to take it to the individual level. You're smiling at me because I was told not to do this. <laughs> However, I'm still doing it. Is that is that is that oftentimes, and I think that this is both individual as well as as organizational, is that oftentimes when we're thinking about doing something new, right, we have in our mind that we need to start something and it needs to be a full send. It needs to last for 42 years. And if it doesn't, I'm a failure. And what design thinking allows us to do and embody is to just try something, put it out there. You prototype to learn, actually. Mm-hmm. And we, we can actually look at our children and see how they learn. Mm-hmm. They learn by putting things together and playing with it. And did that work? No. Did that work? No. And so for the individual, uh, I would encourage them to make room for that you learn about this, you gain empathy, you came up, come up with an idea. Instead of feeling like you need to go and move across the country and do this giant thing, maybe it's just a small step to go and learn and to experience God in that moment. Mm-hmm. So that would be one that's not overly specific, but I do think it's helpful for us to think about how we can start uh, testing the waters mm-hmm. with moving from thinking to believing that it doesn't have to be I sell all my possessions right away mm-hmm. and move to a different state or what, whatever it may be. Could could an example be like last time we shared testimonies? Hmm. Uh, as part of our worship experience. And so, you know, a belief could be that as a Christian, I am not ashamed of the gospel, hmm. right? Romans 1.17. Uh, I believe that as a Christian, it is my um, opportunity to share the good news that I have received with other people. That's a belief. Yes. Many Christians do not put that belief into action. Yeah. And so with design thinking be a way to look at what are some little steps, some experiments. That's right. Is it? Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. See, you taught was, me. That was real. Uh, well, well, you're also brilliant. So that's helpful. The Yes, absolutely. So so we have this understanding then. So we we if we have a we have a communal understanding that part of what our belief structure means is for us to go and share this as you're saying. And design thinking, you know, once we would like learn about this and and engage this, perhaps gain empathy for the for people that we're trying to connect the gospel to, right? 
And then eventually we would come up with lots of ideas of how we might be able to do this, you know, and, and maybe you take one or two of those that, that might not feel overly risky mm-hmm. and, and dip your toe in and see, see what that looks like. Because that, that dip in your toe in can, can feel awfully risky, especially if, if we haven't become acclimated with, with moving forward or, or putting our faith or our belief into action in some way. Uh, maybe maybe it's giving. Maybe we haven't encountered giving. We we know that that's something that 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 uh, we need to do, and and perhaps there are some 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 lower risk ways for us to encounter. What does that look like? What does that mean in my life? What when I sacrifice certain things in order to give? Mm-hmm. Um, how does that feel? Mm-hmm. And maybe that maybe that will teach us something. Yeah. Uh, and and I think we can go down the line. Maybe it's reading scripture. You know, again, over and over and over again. And next week we're going to be talking about loving your neighbor. Yeah. You know, what does it mean to love your neighbor? Coming up with ideas to 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 encounter individuals and see individuals for who they are. Uh, how can we actively go do that? And if if we're not ready to open our house up and have people walk in and out 24-7 whenever they want to, you know, well, that, yeah. maybe there's something that we can start doing. Again, like walking through this empathy to find, ideate, you know, come up with ideas and then find some, some uh, ways that we can start prototyping and testing those things out and encountering, I mean, specifically encountering God throughout all of this process. Yeah, and I think part of the beauty of it is is that we're regardless of where we are on the tension between belief and action, um, it can help us move closer to the middle of that or right. move in the direction that we need to move. Because I think there are some times where people who have become so patterned in our action that we're just almost like automatons. We just do it because we've always done it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And yet that design thinking invites us to take a step back and to kind of take a look at what we're doing and why do we do it and do we want to keep doing it or should it change? And and for that, what I I don't have a lot of answers. And actually, Ben Conrad is someone that that has a lot of insight in this. So pull him aside sometime, and I know that he, he's writing his dissertation, and one of his chapters is about this. It's about how God exists in our imagination, mm. and, which is a fascinating topic to talk about and to think about. But one of the things that, that that makes me think of is how often do we make room for God to speak into our imagination? You know, our, it, the language that Ben uses, our sanct- what does a sanctified imagination look like? Mm. Mm-hmm. Where, where we are imagining the world not as it is, but as it could be in the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. That's exciting, mm-hmm. right? So it's to your point, it's not what's always been, right? Mm-hmm. If we, God has called us to create. We've been created to create. I love, I love that phrase. Mm-hmm. And if that is true, then we need to first be able to have God speak into what this potentially could look like. And if we're so busy Mm. that we just keep on going through the motions and we keep on cranking out work, there's going to be very little room for God to speak into that part of our lives. 
Yeah, I wondered if you were going to use the word busy. Nah. Uh, I really did, because I was like, if he doesn't say busy, I'm going to say uh -huh. busy. Yeah. Because I think one of the barriers to transformation is that we are just so distracted yep. by so, and, and engulfed mm -hmm. by so many other things. And, this is, and that's not even uh, a Christian problem. Right. So, so my thesis, one of the questions that I had on my survey was yeah, as yes or no, do does your business or organization um, intentionally make time to come up with new ideas? And we we surveyed fifty two uh, businesses and organizations. How many, Janet, do you think said yes? I'm gonna go with zero. Well, it was two. Two. It wow. was two. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> two, out, two out of 52 yeah. said yes. Mm. But was, why? So why did you say zero? I just don't. I think that we're so focused on productivity and that we don't see that set apart time mm. as contributing to productivity because all we see is the hours that were lost. Mm -hmm. And I feel like especially for a business, which, um, you know, it's it's – so often about the bottom line mm -hmm. that there would be just so much pressure right. um, to keep the productivity going. Right. But there's a lot of parallels that we see in our lives, in the church, in our Christian lives of, like you said, so so much busyness. Oh, well, I'm so passionate about Sabbath mm. because I believe that God recognizes that we have this tendency toward productivity, toward busyness. I don't think that's just our modern culture. I think that's our human nature. Mm. And God says, in God's goodness, stop and enjoy your work. Mm. <laughs> stop and ponder. And yes. there's just so much goodness in that pause. Yeah. It's how we were made. We weren't made to run nonstop. Yeah. My, I had a conversation a long time ago with my father about Sabbath. And he said in, in a big part, it's a faith issue. Yeah. Do you have, do you trust God that if you were to stop for a day, a week, that the world would keep on running? I agree with your dad. And I think that that's actually part of how does transformation happen. Part of how transformation happens is for us to set aside time yeah. to be in God's presence. And and we often think of that as worship, but I also think it's more than that. And I think Sabbath is part of it. Yeah. One of the things that this makes me think of is, is I mean, seasons hmm. of, and I love being able to have conversations about uh, the, con I mean, convergent divergent seasons, but in different language, seasons for pondering, Seasons for thinking and contemplation, and then seasons for action, seasons for newness and birth, and how we we witness that in nature, how like in God's creation, that there are seasons when leaves are falling off trees and that the earth is at rest and not a lot is happening. And then there's seasons where that very um, uh, essence of slowing down is feeding this new life in this birth. Mm, yeah. And, that, and that's a faith issue, isn't it? Yes. To trust God in the winter that the spring is coming. And to allow for it, not just, mm -hmm. not just to put our head in the sand or 
try to move to warmer weather for a season and come back for it's you know or whatever the whatever the the metaphor is right but but when you talk when i think about sabbath that way that this is a weekly rhythm for us to experience the same thing it starts oh, yeah. it starts to shift my my thinking a little bit mm, yeah i think that's absolutely true yeah, yeah. Mm. well janet once again thank you for the conversation mm. uh and thank you for for the the reminder of Sabbath mm. and and thank you for listening and I would pray that that whether you see yourself as more of a thinker or a doer uh, that you will make room for God whatever yeah. that looks like that's a good word yeah, yeah. Would shall you be, I pray us out oh please okay God we just thank you that um, you are a God of new birth and of new growth and of transformation. God, we pray that you'd be at work in each of our lives. God, that you'd help us to see whether we need to spend more time thinking so that our belief can be truly anchored in what is true, or whether we need to spend more time acting and doing so that your kingdom might more fully come on earth. God, help us to find the shift that each of us need to make. And God, may your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. It's in Jesus' name we pray together. Amen. Amen. Hey, thanks for tuning into this conversation. Uh, our hosts, again, are me, Mitch Marcel, and Janet Derwachter. Our editor is Katie Conrad. And if you want to hear the full message that we discuss, you can find them on our anchor.fm or YouTube channel. You can learn more about First Church by checking out our website, downloading our app, or following us on Facebook and Instagram by searching at First Church Williamsport. Thanks so much. Have a blessed day.